Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. I want you to turn with me to Job chapter 42, verses 1 through 6. I have an idea that I'm excited about here today that I feel like could be an encouragement to you uh, and lift you up during this weird, wacky uh, quarantine of the world, of the whole world. Everyone all over the world is quarantined right now. It's just wild. Uh, Job chapter 42, verses 1 through 6 says this. You notice I don't teach out of Job a lot, but you know what? In a quarantine, you teach out of Job, you know? You start teaching out of Job in a quarantine. You go, you know, I need to teach out of Job. So here we go. Today we're going to teach out of Job. Job 42, 1 through 6, it says this. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. Job was a preacher. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things that I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now and I will speak. I will question you and you shall answer me. Job is saying, you said this to me. Job is saying, you said, listen and I will speak. God is saying to Job, I'll be the one that questions you and you'll answer me. My ears, Job says, had heard of you. But now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Today, I'm going to talk to you from an idea called explanation versus revelation. Explanation versus revelation. Let's pray really quick. Father, thank you for your goodness. It doesn't have to be quick. It can be long, but it's probably going to be quick. I'm about to preach Father, thank you for your presence today. Thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness, and all the people that are watching here. You've been faithful to us in the good times and the bad. I pray today that this word would be life-giving. You would prepare our hearts to receive it, and that we would be challenged by this word uh, to love you more, to trust you more, to change. Make us more like Jesus than we ever were before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so uh, quarantine is interesting. It's a strange time in our life, as I've said 18 times uh, today. But seasons where things are different draw things out of us that we didn't know were there. Um, when, when it comes to trials and it comes to, to challenges, we find out, as I talked about last week, we find out what we're really made of. And I remember one of the biggest challenges that I ever went through happened about I think it was about 10 years ago, uh, where one day I was practicing uh, singing. And, and I had actually actively been trying to work out some things in my range. I'm, I was a singer. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I've been singing my whole life. But I, I had been preaching more and singing less, and I was trying to work some things out. And all of a sudden, one day I went to sing some notes. I was doing some exercises, and I went, no, 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 no. No, no. My voice disappeared. No, 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 no. And when I got to a certain note, I couldn't say anything. I'm like, whoa, what is that? The next day, another part of my range disappeared. Then the day after that, another part of my range disappeared, and I couldn't speak. I literally could not talk. This is a very challenging dilemma for someone who is a preacher. 
It's a challenging dilemma for someone that's a singer, that's a communicator, to not be able to talk. So a week went by, two weeks went by, three weeks went by. I went to an ENT, and the ENT said, I don't know what's wrong with you. You don't have nodules. You, we can't figure out what's going on. I, I started drinking, like, what, like tea or something? I mean, I, they made me drink tea, honey tea and all that. I just started, I, everyone was recommending stuff. I was doing everything that they could come up with. And I, one of the most frustrating things is I had to start using this app where you type things in the app to communicate with people. And it's like, Jude, can you go get me a Diet Mountain Dew? You know, like that type of stuff. And Jude's like, yes, daddy. He's only like, you know, he's like five or something. You know, you're typing things in there. It's, it's really not great romantically. You know what I'm saying? It was rough on my marriage. You look hot. You know what I mean? Just doesn't feel the same. Doesn't have the same. You can't, you can't really do a lot of uh, voice inflections with it. So it's a little fresh. It takes the, you know, the fire out of the relationship there. But anyways, I remember someone gave me some advice on a person that I could call. And I had developed this whole system with Amy where I'm, I'm, you know, I write things. I text things. Uh, I, I write things down. And, she, and we're communicating. And I, I'm, I'm talking. And I'm not really saying. I'm sort of mouthing things, not really saying anything, kind of like that. So this one day, I get this number, and I write this thing down. I say, Aim, call this number. Someone gave me a number of someone who can absolutely help me. I don't care what it costs. I don't, I'll sell all my guitars. I don't care. I'm going to go to, if this person is an expert, can help me, I'll figure out a way to do it. So I'm standing there with her. I'm really excited. She gets on the phone. She goes, hi. She goes, I want to make an appointment for my husband to see you. And she goes, all of a sudden she gets this strange look on her face. She goes, oh, really? You can't, you can't see him? And I go, why? You know, I'm, I'm sort of like doing the whisper, like, why? And she goes, well, she, the phone, she goes, they say they don't see men. I go, that is ridiculous. Why? Give me the phone. And so I, I, I can't even talk. And I get the phone and I go, my name is Jeff, and I want to know right now, why can't you see men? The lady said, sir, this is a gynecologist office. This is not a joke. This, is, this actually happened to me. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea how. I just said, I am so sorry. And I, you know, you hung, you hang up. I, I don't even have. I'm, I'm acting like I have a receiver phone, but it's just you're just so humiliated. So I had, I had an expectation of what I thought was going to happen. I wanted an explanation for why they wouldn't do what I thought should happen. But I actually got a revelation. <laughs> Uh, of the situation. <laughs> and I was humiliated. I was totally put in my place because it wasn't what I thought. And isn't it interesting that when we're in the middle of suffering, we want an explanation. We want someone to explain to us how did this happen? What is happening? Where did my stuff go? Why me? 
These are the questions we ask. How? What? Where? Why? Pretty scientific questions. See, when we're in suffering, we want an explanation. But in suffering, we don't get an explanation. You know what we actually get? A revelation. But the revelation is not ever in response to the questions that we actually asked. The real revelation that God gives us in suffering has nothing to do with how, what, where, and why. The revelation that God is interested in giving us is the revelation of who. He wants us to know who he is. Come on, hallelujah, wall. Come on, somebody give God a praise today. He wants us to know who he is. But we're not interested in that question. See, the book of Job is about God allowing one of his faithful servants to be tested. And we struggle so much with that idea because we're caught up in the wrong questions. Why? Why is this happening? Where's my stuff? How did, how did I get myself into this? How did this happen? What is going on? We're asking all these questions. And see, there's no person that has ever lived that is exempt from suffering. You say, wow, two weeks in a row suffering. Yeah, we might turn it into like a two-month series. Yeah. Because it would be appropriate for the things that I'm hearing, for the, things, for the, for the conversations that I'm having. I think, I think a lot of people are handling it very well. I'm very proud of people moving forward and continuing to worship Jesus through difficult times. But these are the questions that are going through our minds. Why? Where? When? How? The very few questions of who are you? Who do you want to be to me through this? And see, this whole book about Job going through all this stuff, his friends come around. And if you read the book of Job, they have all these questions. And, and, and the, his friends think that they've pinpointed why God chose to punish Job, why God chose to punish their friend. And they come up with all these elaborate theories. And God ends up getting sick of it. He ends up getting frustrated by all the dialogue, everyone thinking they can figure everything out. And finally, God speaks to Job the way he would speak to us today. And he says this in, in Job 38, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm, and he said, Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Woo! Yikes. Somebody give a holy yikes real quick. Give, give a holy yikes. That's a yikes right there. He said, who is this that's talking to me? Who is this that's getting in my way? Who is this that's asking all these questions? You have no idea what you're talking about. Brace yourself like a man. I will question you. And you will answer me. Let's have another holy yikes real quick. It's a yikes situation. So after all the questions that we come up with, 
God starts on this holy diatribe from Job chapter 38 all the way to 41, and he asks Job over 70 questions. You ever had anyone answer your question with a question? I used to, this used to frustrate me when I was a kid. My parents were just, they're like Jesus. You ever heard that old joke that the disciples said, to Jesus, they said, Jesus, why, Master, why do you always answer a question with a question? He said, why do you ask? It's kind of the same idea. My parents uh, used to constantly, I'd say, Dad, you know, why do you, why do you put the oil there? He said, why do you think I put the oil there? Because uh, that's where the oil goes? Good answer, son. It's, you're, you're answering a question. But, but God uses this, it's not just the Socratic method, I mean, God invented this, by the way, Socrates. Uh, he asks these questions that are massive questions that are really answers to the questions that we should be asking. The questions are answers. But they're answers not to the ridiculous questions that we ask. If you're here today going, and the only question you can come up with is, when will my life be normal again? When do I get to go back to work? When can I take the cruise? I, I was supposed to leave on a cruise today. When can I take my cruise? Can I tell you something? It, there may be more important questions than that. There may be more important questions than when is this going to open again? When is that going to open again? And what God shows us is he reveals a few key things about his nature through these questions. I'm going to tell you the first thing he reveals. Number one, he reveals that he is our creator. Who he is. He reveals who he is. Not what, not how, not where, not when, not why. He reveals who. And what you need to know today, what I need to know today, in the middle of difficulty, and I'm going to tell you something, when I lost my voice, I figured out who he is. Because I realize my own limitations quickly. I'm like, whoa. See, when something gets taken away from you that is actually the thing that you really trust in in your life, you have two options. You can either keep trying to figure out a way to do it on your own or you can go, God, I can't do it. You do it for me. See, and I'm hoping today that through this challenge, through this difficulty, we will realize the who of God. Who are you? He is screaming from the heavens today. And you know what he is saying? Here's the question. Now, remember, he had questions for Job. He's got a question for you, question for me. And his question is for our questions. When can I do this again? When can I do that again? Where did my stuff go? Here's, here's his response to that. He says, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Oh, surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? Or what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? Who shut up the seas behind the doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped its thick darkness when I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place when I said, this far you may come and no farther. Here is where your proud waves halt. Or how about down in verse 19? 
when he talks about something called light. He says, have you entered the store? He says, what is the way to the abode of light? And where does the darkness reside? Hey, Job, can you take them to their places? Do you know the paths of their dwellings? We're talking about light here. Surely you know. Oh, for you were already born. You've lived so many years. You say, man, God is sarcastic. No, he's factual. He is just pointing it out real quick. You have questions. You're questioning the how, the what, the where, the when, the why. Well, I've got some questions too. And he, he goes even further. He talks about snow, something like snow. Have you entered the storehouses of snow or seen the storehouses of the hail, which I reserve for times of trouble, for days of war and battle? God is saying, I plan these things for difficult times. What is the way to the place where the lightning is dispersed? <laughs> or the place where the east winds are scattered over the earth? Who cuts a channel for the torrents of rain and a path for the thunderstorm to water land where no one lives? An uninhabited desert to satisfy a desolate wasteland and make it sprout with grass. Does the rain have a father? Who fathers the drops of dew? Or how about this? Down in verse 36, he says, Who has put wisdom in the inward parts or given understanding to the mind? He starts talking about consciousness, wisdom, the ability to understand things. Who has the wisdom to count the clouds? Who can tip over the jars of the heavens when the dust comes hard and the clouds and the clouds of earth stick together? What he is showing us through these passages and these questions is he says the mysterious things of the universe are not mysterious to me. I understand them all because I created them all. The questions that you have, I have thought of long before you ever thought of them. Yeah. See, he's teaching us through this idea that he's our creator. So somebody say out loud right now, say, he is my creator. Is my creator. Come on, one more time. Say, he is my creator. creator. You ever heard that? Uh, there's a joke about a bunch of scientists that come to God and they say, God, we don't need you anymore. We have figured out how to clone. We have figured out how to transplant organs. We've come up with all kinds of scientific breakthroughs that were once considered miraculous. So we just want you to know that we don't need you anymore. And God said, okay, well, that's fine. Then let's just do an experiment. Let's make a human being. Let's make, let's make a human being. And let's see if, if you need me. Or not. And the guy's fine. He goes, okay, that's fine. He goes, we, we can we know DNA sequencing. We can do all that stuff. And, and God says, okay, go. And, and the scientist reaches down and grabs, and God says, let's do it the old-fashioned way. We'll, we'll do it from the dirt. You know, we'll do it from the dirt. The guy says, okay, fine. So the guy reaches down and grabs some dirt, and God goes, ah, 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 ah. You get your own dirt. <laughs> I, think what he sh I, th I think the point of, of the joke is the point of these questions. Is he go, he's, he's saying to us in our questions. Now, please don't get the wrong idea here that we can't come to God with questions. I talked about that last week. If you didn't see my message last week, I, I encourage you to watch it. Uh, because in that message, I talked about going to God with questions. And it's okay in our prayers and our supplications. 
But here, what God is saying is don't ever let your questions get so high that you lose sight of the fact that I'm the one that made all this. I created it all. I'm your creator. So he goes on to show us something else. He goes to show us that he's not only our creator, he's our sustainer. So we go down to verse 39, and he says, Do you hunt the prey for the lioness and satisfy the hunger of the lions? When they crouch in their dens or lie and wait in a thicket, who provides food for the raven when its young cry out to God and wander about for lack of food? God is saying, I do more than what you think I do. I take care of things that you do not understand. Job 39, he continues. He says, do you know when the mountain goats give birth? Do you watch the, when the doe bears her fawn? Do you count the months they bear, till they bear? Do you know the time they give birth? They crouch down and bring forth their young. Their labor pains are ended. Their young thrive and grow strong in the wilds. And they leave and do not return. He's saying there are things in this universe that have nothing to do with you. Nothing to do, but everything to do with me. So you're asking me cosmic questions about me, about my sovereignty, when you know so very little. He goes on in verse 13. And, and, and why did I include this? Because it's important. He talks about ostriches. And, and I, the, the reason I want this in here is I, I feel like we need to grasp these ideas. What he's trying to tell us, he says, the wings of the ostrich... Wave proudly, but are they the pinions and plumage of love? For she leaves her eggs to the earth and lets them be warmed on the ground, forgetting that a foot may crush them and that the wild beast may trample them. She deals cruelly with her young as if they were not hers, though her labor be in vain, yet she has no fear because, listen, this is huge, verse 17, because God has made her forget wisdom. And given her no share in understanding. He's saying the things that people would look at in creation and criticize. Saying that if God was really God, why would he have made it this way? He says, I made him that way on purpose. The ostrich, forgetting all the things that she forgets, I didn't give her wisdom. That's not the gift I gave her. And I did it on purpose so that you would learn lessons through my creation that points to my goodness and my wisdom. Look what it says in verse 18. It says, when she rouses herself to flee, she laughs at the horse and the rider. What does that mean? It means she can't fly in the air, but she can fly on the ground, baby. It means she laughs at the horse. Why? An ostrich can run 40 miles an hour longer than a cheetah or a horse. That's a fast bird. That's a fast bird. She may not be smart, but ooh, she sure is fast. It's kind of like Forrest Gump, right? <laughs> That's what Bear Bryant said in Forrest Gump. He said, man, he may not be smart, but he sure can run. I mean, what God is trying to tell us through this passage of Scripture is that there are things in this universe that he sustains, that he takes care of things that have nothing to do with us. It's not just about us. And, and what he's saying is, if I can take care of all of these things, what's, what's, the, what's, what's the conclusion for that? If I can take care of the lions, and if I can take care of the, the wild animals, what is he saying? Can I, 
Can I not take care of the person that I made in my own image? Do I not know what's going on with you? So he shows us that he's our creator. He shows us that he is our sustainer. He gives us a revelation of these things through these questions. He also shows us that he is our savior. He says, dress for action like a man. I will question you, you and you make it known to me. Will you even put me in the wrong? Will you condemn me that you may be in the right? He goes, have you an arm like God? Can you thunder with a voice like this, like his? Adorn yourself with majesty and dignity. Clothe yourself with glory and splendor. Pour out the overflowings of your anger and look on everyone who is a proud and abase him. Look on everyone who is proud and bring him low. Tread down the wicked where they stand. Hide them all in dust together. Bind their faces in the world below. Then will I also acknowledge to you that your own right hand can save you. He says, if you can do everything I just said, then I will acknowledge that you can save yourself, but you can't, so I'm the only one that saves around here. Whoo, hallelujah, wall. Praise the Lord. Come on, somebody say he's my savior. Come on, somebody say he's my creator. Somebody say he's my sustainer. Somebody say he's my savior. Oh my gosh, if he can do all that stuff for an ostrich. <laughs> oh man, if he can do all that stuff with the, with the snow, with the light. Oh, if he can do all that stuff for the lions, he can do it for me. For the rest of chapter 40 and 41, he goes on to talk about, God does, a couple of creatures. He mentions behemoth. And Leviathan. Okay, now I've heard people go into all these details about what they are. Uh, let, just, let me just tell you something real quick. One means super beast, and one means twisting and writhing. A lot of, I mean, most theologians believe that it's referring to something like a hippopotamus, like a super beast. Twisting and writhing would be like a crocodile. And, and the idea here is that these are dangerous animals. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, more people die from hippos than any other animal annually. That's crazy. They get trampled by these things. There's almost nothing you can do. If they try to, oh, there's something I could do. <laughs> Tell y'all something right now. Y'all get a hippo. Y'all get a hippo near me. We're going to test the speed of a hippo. We ain't going to test my speed because I'm going to be fully aware of my speed. This boy gone. I don't be messing with no hippos. You know what I'm saying? So hippos, behemoth, crocodiles, leviathan. And he goes on to talk about these things. I hear people say they're dinosaurs, they're these sea beasts, whale, all kind of stuff. The point is not really identifying what they are. The point is to find out what God is saying about these things because they represent chaos. They're big and too ferocious for us to handle. Sometimes I think we really miss the point. He says in verse 41, 10, he said, no one is fierce enough to rouse him. In the second part of verse 10, he says, who, who's able to stand against, who is able to stand against me? Who has a claim against me that I must pay? Everything under heaven belongs to me. He's saying, I, I'm controlling even beasts like that. I control them. God owns it all. He governs it all. He judges it all. God alone is able to say, Job, you can't save yourself. 
I will step back if you show me that you can control all these things on your own. But if you can't, then I'm the Savior. If you can't, and you can't, then I'm the Savior. He's our creator. He's our sustainer. He's our, he's our Savior. And then finally today, He's our friend. After that, He says this. The Lord says to Eliphaz, the Temanite, He says, one of Job's friends, he says, My anger burns against you and your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. So all these tough questions that he poses to Job, now he comes back in a kind way and refers to him in a more personal way. He has served me. He has honored me. And you know what I love about that? Is that language was appropriate for that conversation. But Jesus, who is also God, we know from John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the, that's Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 15, 15, Jesus says, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. So he's not just our creator. He's not just our sustainer. He's not just our savior today. Woo! He is our friend. Now, if in our difficulties and sufferings, if all we want is for stuff to be okay, if our goal is just to get our stuff back, our life back, our job back, when can I go on my cruise? If our main goal is to get our money back, our the same workload back, same schedule back, you're, we're not going to find this message satisfying. We're not going to find these questions satisfying. But that's because we're asking the wrong questions. We're looking for an explanation. God is not offering an explanation today for our suffering. He's offering a revelation in our suffering. What is the revelation? He's telling us who He is. I love the OG Karate Kid, the old school original. Original Mr. Miyagi. Original Daniel LaRusso. Ralph Macchio. Okay, let's not talk about the remake. That doesn't count. In the original, you have a kid that was bullied that meets this guy, Mr. Miyagi, who says that he's going to mentor him. He's going to teach him karate. So what happens is when Mr. Miyagi begins to mentor Daniel, he says, okay, I'm going to teach you something. I'm going to teach you how to wax a car. How do you do it? You wax on and you wax off. Oh, you, oh these guys know the movie. They've seen the movie. Oh, they're waxing on and waxing off. Wax on and you wax off. And this kid is so annoyed. I didn't come here to wax a car. He goes, no, Daniel's son, you wax on, wax off. Then he teaches him to sand the floors. You gotta sand the floors. This is how you sand the floors. And Daniel's back is hurting. He's frustrated. 
He says, okay, the next task that's going to take days, you got to learn how to paint the fence. And Daniel starts, no, not like that, like this, paint the fence. And Daniel's frustrated. His wrists are hurting. His shoulder is hurting. Then he teaches him, you got to paint the house. And how do you paint it? Side to side. And finally, in this pretty vulgar scene, Daniel just starts cussing him out. And he goes, man, I've, what are you doing? I, I have been doing everything that you've asked me to do. And I don't get it. I thought you were going to help me. But instead, you, you wax the floor. Wax the car. Sand the floor. Paint the fence. Paint the house. And Mr. Miyagi, in one of the best moments of the whole movie, he says, show me. Sand the floor. And he, he goes, and he goes, no, not this. Show me sand the floor. And when he does, he goes to kick him. And Daniel, through, through his muscle memory, he blocks the kick. Show me wax on. And he goes to punch him. And when he waxes on, Daniel realizes he just blocked it instinctively. Show me paint the fence. And he punches him high. Boom. And he blocks it. Paint the fence. Show me paint the house. Boom. He blocks it sideways. He never realized that the things that he was doing, the things that he had been faithful to do, were not only teaching him karate, it was teaching him to trust his master. If you trust the master today, and you stop questioning, I don't mean innocent questions, I mean the accusatory. I demand an explanation. If we stop questioning the master in that way, and what do we do? We don't stay on the floor, we pray. We don't wax on, we read our Bible. We don't paint the fence, we sow seed. We don't paint the house, we never get tired of doing what's right. Oh, you, you thought I forgot about that? You thought I forgot about that right there? Oh no, we do that too. What's that called? Trusting God. We pray. We read our Bible. We sow seed. We don't get tired of doing what's right. We trust God. We stay faithful. We trust the master. We let him remind us of who he is. He wants to answer the bigger question, not where, when, why, how, what, who. Who is he today? Here's the answer to that question. He's your creator. He's your sustainer. He's your savior. And he's your friend. Today, if you're watching and you don't know God that way, maybe you don't know Jesus, and I mentioned about John 1, 1, that Jesus is God. Jesus is God's plan of salvation. Maybe you've never heard that before. That the God that was talking to Job in the Old Testament before he sent his son Jesus, he had to deal with people in the way that he dealt with Job. But Jesus is the good news. See, we're saturated right now with news all over the place, but where's the good news? The gospel. That's what the gospel is. It's the good news. And what is that? The good news is that God sent his son Jesus so that we could be saved by knowing him. 
The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you don't know Jesus today, put your faith in Jesus. I'm going to ask you every forum that you're watching on, whether it's your phone, whether it's cityoflife.live, Facebook, YouTube, a podcast, no matter what you're doing, I'm going to ask you right now, if you need Jesus right now, you need to ask Jesus, and let me tell you something, you cannot know God unless you know Jesus. You cannot know God unless you know Jesus. The Bible says there's no under, no name under heaven and earth whereby men can be saved other than the name of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. There's literally no way to God except through Jesus. If you need Jesus today, I'm going to ask you right now in all those forms that you're watching to type, even if you're watching a replay, to type it in there right now. Say, I need Jesus. Raise your hand. I need Jesus. Raise your hand up in the air. Say, I need Jesus. I believe God is doing something right now. I believe God is changing hearts right now. Maybe you don't have this confidence. You've been asking the wrong questions. Ask the right question today. The right question is who? Who are you, God? Who do you want to be to me today? I need to know Jesus. If that's you, lift your hand today. Lift your hand in those chat rooms. Lift your hand on Facebook. Say, I need Jesus right now. Say, I'm raising my hand right now. Just type it in there. I'm raising my hand right now. I'm going to pray with you right now. I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer with me out loud right now. Say this with me. Say, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to forgive me of my sins. I cannot save myself. I'm sorry for asking the wrong questions. Questions like where, how, when, why. The most important question is who. And the answer is you, Jesus. Forgive me today for all my sins. I trust you as my Savior. I believe you died for me and rose again so I could have eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God... This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.